Good morning and welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we acknowledge this fab these fabulous musicians this morning? Well, it's so great to see everyone again. Uh, I, I left a month ago, I retired, and then just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> and here I am today, and it's, it's so good to see everyone, it's so good to be seen. It's always better to be seen than viewed, I say. <laughs> so it's just so good to see you all. <coughs> before, I, I, I just have a few announcements, but before I continue with announcements, I would like you to offer a, the, the peace of Christ to your neighbor. So the peace of God be with you all. The peace of Christ. The peace of Christ. Because make sure that everybody says the peace so we have no arguments. Peace. The peace of Christ. Peace of Christ. The peace of Christ. The peace of Christ. Good morning. Good morning. The peace, Carol. Peace. Peace. Are we all at peace now? <laughs> all right. So a couple of words today about today's service. First of all, it is the cantata service and, and it's gonna be wonderful. Uh, we will also have um, a communion service, right? Part, as part of the cantata, we will have communion. And one of the things about communion is you're not gonna get communion at the rail. You're gonna come down the, the, uh, uh, right up here down the middle of our aisle and you'll, you'll get the host from me, and you'll intink it in one of the chalices. There's a chalice that has wine, and there's a chalice that has uh, fruit juice. So uh, um, I think that Merrill, Pastor Merrill will have the wine, so if you want to know who's got the wine, I think a lot of people might want to know that. <laughs> and then I think Corky is going to have the, uh, where's Corky? There he is. I'm still You're still sitting behind the tree. It's camouflaged. <laughs> He'll have the fruit juice, so you'll know when you come up here. So just come up. If you could do just one side first and then the other side. So let's start with this side for communion and come up. Now, we will have, after the cantata, uh, the last song of the well, actually the last reading of the cantata, I will give a sermon. Now, Luther always said that if you have enough people together, you've got to give them a sermon. I can't let that go without having a sermon. But it'll only be an hour and a half, two-hour sermon. <laughs> So you won't have to worry. Well, I think with that said, said, let us prepare our hearts for service.
On this final Sunday of Advent, we prepare to celebrate the birth of the one born to save us from the power of sin and death. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be God's name forever. Amen. Beloved, now is the time to wake from sleep. Let us confront our sins and confess them to the one who is merciful and just. God of new beginnings, we confess that we have not welcomed your holy reign. We have strayed from your paths. We prepare for war instead of peace. We dishonor one another in your creation. Purify us with your refining fire and set us again on your way of love, that we may bear fruit worthy of repentance and welcome your coming among us. Amen. People of God, a new thing is growing in our midst, a tender branch, a living sign. By water and the Spirit, you are joined to this wonder. You have put on Christ, and your sins have been washed away. Rejoice in the way of the Lord. Amen. We praise you, O God, for this wheel of time that marks our days of preparation for Christ's advent. As we light the candles on this wreath of promise, Open our eyes to see your presence to the lowly ones of this earth. Help us to make room. from Isaiah. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine.
reading from Isaiah. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. from Micah. But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on, on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace.
reading from Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel meant. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. reading from Luke. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. It was just as the angel had told them.
Jesus was born. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too.
from Matthew. <clears throat> After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. They went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. reading from John. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. <coughs> Excuse me. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never be extinguished. 
God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's one and only son. The word of the Lord. Today's cantata is a gospel. It is our story of life and our story of salvation. Because we know that things are happening, things are happening here, we feel it. Mary is pregnant and a baby is coming and coming right soon. And a big change is coming. It is the story of our lives too the story that we may have shared from this season of Advent. We all know this story. A man and a woman marry and start a life together. They are young and maybe immature and understandably are fairly thinking of their life as husband and wife and not possibly as mother and father. Or they may be older like Elizabeth and Zachariah or Abraham and Sarah who may have given up on having children. See, don't give up. It certainly might have been that way for Mary, a young girl, barely into her teens, living a very sheltered life, betrothed to Joseph, an older man who may have had a family and a wife before Mary. But nevertheless, they were a couple who may have had a plan for their life a little home in Nazareth with a workshop for Joseph. But something is about to change. And then you feel that kick. You feel that kick. And you know for sure. <clears throat> Before that, the baby is still moving, but you just think it's gas. It's actually the baby quickening in your stomach but a little later comes that first kick. And then some exclamation from your wife like, what in the world? I actually wanted, when I was writing this sermon, to ask everyone I could what it was like when you felt that first kick. That leap in your belly that indicates that life is actually happening inside of you. Growing, changing, becoming. It is a part of you, and it is a part of you that you share with someone else. Maybe a husband, and in Mary's case, with God. And maybe you are starting to begin to feel that baby is going to change lives. My brothers and sisters, a baby changes everything. Now, it may be that you can actually see a foot stretching out of your belly. But you realize that there is a baby inside you. It hits you then. Something is really happening. Someone is growing. You call your husband, come quick, the baby's moving. Look, here's a foot. And my brothers and sisters, that first kick might also be a proxy from an adoption agency or a surrogate parent. When you are called and you hear, we have a baby for you. That's the kick. So whether it be a kick or that call, I hope that if you have time later, you'll share with me your story. I have a feeling that the stories will be similar because a baby changes everything. And then that baby comes along and really does change everything. 
My brothers and sisters, nothing makes you grow up quicker. Nothing changes your priorities more. You, your sleep schedule changes. Your social life pauses indefinitely. Your love life must alter. Your house is not as quiet. It also smells different. Your money vanishes. You must humble yourself to degrading tasks. A baby changes everything. So you think you're smart, <clears throat> you make changes as necessary, and indeed the baby does need changing every time you turn around. You think that you are changing them, but really they are changing you. You want to mold and shape this new life, but at least, at first, only you are being transformed. You know, that baby changes everything. Your wife's pride was in her hair, which she could spend hours shaping. Now it's cut short, pulled back, and washed about as often as in pioneer days. She always wanted more curves. Now she's got them. A baby changes a lot. The husband used to watch football in his easy chair. Now he's a gopher, running plays called by his new life coach from the sidelines. And he can't afford to drop the ball because it's his child which he cradles in a football hold, trying to, take, to make the colic stop. Yeah, a baby changes everything. Next, the baby starts pulling up and cruising around. So the knickknacks must be moved higher or put away. We tried so hard to get them to walk and talk, and suddenly we're telling them, sit down and be quiet just for a minute. <laughs> a baby changes everything. And if you have never raised a child, <clears throat> if you haven't had the pleasure of dirty diapers and feedings every three hours, <clears throat> and being up all hours and being broke half the time, if you haven't had that pleasure, your friends' babies will change your life too. Your friends have new priorities. Your Friday night get-togethers might be gone and your Saturday golf foursome might be a threesome or a twosome. And you might not be called to babysit without going through a vetting process from the CIA handbook. A baby changes everything, yes, a baby changes everything. It is our life's story, and it was Mary and Joseph's story. A baby changes everything, but in this case, God's case, it is the story of our salvation. Let me tell you how I think it's the story of our salvation. Up to now, the story of salvation was the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark, the chest, where the Ten Commandments were stored. The law that if followed, we thought, would bring us salvation. But a baby changes that. Mary, the mother of Jesus, the one who visited Elizabeth, Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant, and a baby changes everything. Yes, a baby changes things. And I'm constantly finding that God uses the least likely person to be the agent of change, to carry that baby who will change everything. The Ten Commandments is now replaced by his grace, his grace that sets us free from sin. Without this child, we are captive to sin, but he will free us by his death and suffering. A baby changes everything. So my brothers and sisters, I think I know your stories. Your stories of the first kick, they are in many ways like Elizabeth and Mary's story. Your story may be like Mary and Joseph's story, but the one thing that will be common in all our stories is that a baby, especially this baby, changes everything. He changed water into wine at Cana. He changed a few loaves and fish to feed a multitude. He changed me and brought me to your church. He changed some of you because you never thought you'd be here today. Make way for him. He's almost here, 
and he will change it all and make all things new. A baby changes everything because God loves you, and so do I. Amen. Please rise. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it and blessed it and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup. Again he gave you thanks and praise. Gave the cup to his disciples and said, take and drink, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You hold that up. And the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God. Please rise. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. We want everyone to join in in singing Joy to the World, not just the cantata people, not just the choir, but it's hymn number 39 in your green hymnal that's in your pew. So let's do Joy to the World and make it tumultuous. Wow. 